It doesn't even What's the sound Kubrick like movie um, where they have masks and they're obviously dubbed? Oh. Yeah, oh, the, Eyes uh, Wide the, Shut, where it's like that the really moon creepy. Landing. The moon landing. The moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, don't drink that coffee. I guess actually we don't have to have seasons because we're just a podcast. So this is episode nine. Uh, no, no, no. Is... It feels good to have seasons. Okay, yeah. So season two, we got renewed. Hey, everyone. Uh, I don't know there if you watched the Apple keynote, the Apple keynote today, but we got renewed. So thanks, Tim Cook, and mm. everyone buying Apple uh, iPhones. Um, yeah, there's a lot of controversy on whether we would get renewed. Yes. Uh, it was us or Mr. Robot for a third season. And sorry, and, Mr. Robot fans, but here we are. Yeah. <clears throat> and, it was um, us or Jericho for a third season. Is Jericho still a thing? No, it's not, it's not okay, at all. Not anymore. Um, because Jericho tried here. very hard to be a thing. <laughs> they, uh, they were there, and then they were canceled, and then they were brought back, and then people voted, and they were brought back again, and then they were... They're no longer a thing. I don't even know John, what Jericho John, is. Could you do us a favor and not talk till you're introduced? Oh, okay. Would, I'm very sorry. We, Please edit that out. We have a guest, <laughs> Dallas. We have a guest. This is so awesome. This is. Uh, I want to introduce our both of our our good friend, uh, a Twin Peaks fan, uh, an actor, uh, a uh, a playwright, a, a wonderful human being, a gentleman, a scholar, John Lorenz. John, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm sure you'll regret all of this. Um, <laughs> it's good to be here. No, uh, just to clear up some questions that you had yes. regarding me from previous episodes of Dish and the Percolator. Please. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do know what baseball is. Though <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't follow it closely, my yes. son plays a yeah. lot of baseball so i'm aware of baseball <laughs> got it and then also i am very aware of mlb the show oh. because my son plays a lot of it and we play it together so for <laughs> those of you in the audience who are wondering if this random john lorenz guy knew what mlb the show was i do you're welcome uh, well that that yeah, i'm uh, i'm producing and that's a strong term. A uh, a show, a television show about sports. And I uh, I messaged another guy involved in the show about MLB the show, and he didn't know what it was. So <laughs> you are a step ahead of the game, sir. Dallas, that show got canceled. Our sports show got canceled like two seasons ago. We, that's not a thing anymore. No, it didn't. Is this is a new it's thing. Being re-released, it's being re-released with Jericho. Johnny. <laughs> My opinion of you has risen higher now that I know you play MLB The Show. Uh, I didn't think it could rise. I didn't think it could rise any higher. Um, I, I was. I thought it'd be. Uh, I was curious. I I kind of know the story, but you are a Twin Peaks fan. That's why we have you on here. 
uh, besides yes. just wanting to catch up. Um, tell me, tell everyone uh, how you found the show. Uh, what was your first experience with Twin Peaks? I will say, I feel like I am one of the first people to ever binge watch a show. So this show came out in, I think the pilot aired in 1990. I saw it when it aired, but then I didn't see anything else beyond that. And um, I'm giving away my age a little bit here, but I um, was sick in the early years of my college. And um, there was a Laserdisc store. Yeah. And I was... Really sick. Wait, so I'm like, wait, wait, oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> a, store that, Please. a store that just sold laser discs? Yeah. Well, laser discs plus like VHS. Okay. This okay. is pretty right. I thought it was only laser this discs. Is how, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is how long ago it is. We're talking like okay. 1993. So they had VHS and laser disc. And, um, I was very ill this week, and I'm like, oh, man, I need some videos to watch. I'm stuck at home. And uh, there was a Laserdisc set from Japan that was, like, the whole first season of Twin Peaks. And so I get this thing. I take it home. I rip through it in a day, um, which I had never done with a show before. And um, I went back and got the next one. And so over the course of a week, I watched the entire series uh, front to back, subtitled in Japanese, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So you invented uh, invented binge watching, basically. Yes, yes. And because I loved it, I recorded it onto VHS. So for a good part of the 90s, I... Watched it and rewatched it over and over again um, on these uh, kind of VHS copies that I'd made from the Laserdisc uh, front to back. And then I ended it. Um, so within two weeks, I had seen the entire series and this movie that had just come out on video, Fire Walk With Me. Okay. Uh, which um, had just hit home video at this time. So I saw it all very concentrated. I did not have the experience that you guys had where you had to kind of wait week to week. Sure. Um, so anyway. Well, I, I'm, my, my, experience is, experience. <laughs> my experience is waiting week to three weeks to four weeks. Depending on how long we, we can all <laughs> to two find days. a time. Yeah, it just depends. <laughs> John, how many, la- how many laser discs do you own still? <laughs> um, I do have a few that I've kept for the sake of posterity. <laughs> Not that I actually have a player to use or watch them with. Um, sure. I think I have... Um, some special edition. I think I have the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Disney Disney film. Oh, uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yes. Um, that and the Tron um, Laserdisc. But I think everything else I've probably given away. Do you still have the tapes that you, you taped off them? Like the Twin Peaks dubbed some, Japanese ones? Yes. Somewhere, somewhere in storage. Because that was probably yes. before the VHS ones were out, right? 
Yeah, I think they had they had released the first season, and it was yeah, it was that kind of thing where they it would be one or two episodes a tape. Yeah, yeah. and so it was just a ridiculous to try and collect them all. And if you did, you you were using up like half of your bookcase. Basically. Sure, sure. Well, I I um part of the reason I wanted to have you on. I mean, this podcast is about Twin Peaks, but it's also about friendship. And uh, <laughs> Dallas and I having a friendship that's that's barely survived for over twenty years, and we've never watched the show. But I was thinking about you, and and you and I didn't meet because of the show. But I feel like our friendship, a lot of there was a lot of time we spent talking about the show, and maybe we we became kind of better friends because of it. I remember like us driving around trying to find episodes of or uh, issues of wrapped in plastic like comic book yes. stores and <laughs> and printing out like the um the frequently asked questions from the when the yes. internet was a thing like a new thing and yeah. it, it was the something facts. that it like yeah. uh, with certain people in my life it became like you know we talked about it we obsessed over it and um i think there's like certain things art that that kind of brings people together um and for Dallas and I, it was ska. I mean, it, but you know, for John and I, it was <laughs> Twin Peaks. And so I'm, I'm really happy to have you on. Thank you for taking the time um, Great. to Thanks come on and me. talk about uh, the season two premiere, which is a, it's a doozy. Um, Let's just say if there's an episode of Twin Peaks coming up where they play like the specials Ghost Town, <laughs> then uh, our heads we can stop. Explode. We can stop. We can stop. We're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> So oh, man. I hate to tell everyone, but the next episode will be the last episode of Dish and the Percolator because oh, what? they open Spoiler and close alert. with the specials actually show up in Twin Peaks. Like their van broke down on the way to Spokane. And, hey, um, he- hello. Does anybody <laughs> here have any shoes? We've all run out of shoes. <laughs> uh, John and I will just say this, that since starting to watch this show and talk to other people, um, I, I have now found out that most of the people I know have watched the show, but no one really talks about it unless you bring it up. It's, it's one of those shows that's so great that you want to share it, but you also don't want to spoil it. Yes. That's true. Um, so I think like it puts you in a weird spot if you, if you know it, because you don't want to say, you don't want to, you know, give away it's the answers to its mysteries. Yeah, like um, the first time I brought it up to somebody, I was like, hey, I'm watching Quim Peaks. And they're like, oh, did you know that Riff dies? And I'm like, come on. <laughs> Riff. I've seen West Side Story. I know he dies. You don't have to say that. <laughs> Most of this podcast has been about West Side Story. I've tried to work as much Twin Peaks into it as I can. Which but you have not a- <laughs> seen, Sean O'Donnell, No, I, I have seen I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay, okay. I, okay. I saw it like forever ago, and then I tried watching it on an airplane <laughs> since we've talked about it, and I just couldn't get through it on a little 3.5-inch screen. Um, well, it's not meant for that. It's meant for the big screen. No, show. you're right. You're right. Like David Lynch would say, you're trying to watch a film on your freaking, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so let's go. Let's dive into this uh, since we've got a little bit of a ways to go here. Um, I wanted to kind of address. So we finished season one, right? And um, they got renewed, Dallas. So surprise. There you go. I know you've already watched the second uh, yes. season premiere, but they did get renewed. They were worried about it. Um, they started production in the summertime and kind of the big thing that happened that summer was, uh, like the scene in Spaceballs where he talks about merchandising. It was like, 
They came out with books. There was T-shirts. It was kind of this big cultural phenomenon. Um, so there was... Uh, I, I contemplated us taking a break to go over some of these things. And I know John has read... Um, there's the... There's a uh, Agent Cooper book, which is called Diane. Um, and it was like basically him you know, doing the Diane tapes. So it's like his story. And then there was also the secret diary of Laura Palmer, which was like a New York times bestseller. Uh, Jennifer Lynch wrote it, David's daughter. Um, so I thought maybe we take a break. We go over these things cause they are somewhat important, but I, I decided not to, because I feel like it would just kill the momentum that we finally have started to achieve um, and I think also, John, and you can weigh on, in on this, I don't know if the book is necessarily like, you've got to read it. Some people complain that it might have given away too much. Um, and so my thought was, if we, had to, if we have time after we finish this, this second season before the third series starts, maybe we'll go over that stuff. But um, for now, I, just, just, I wanted to mention it because there was a lot of stuff, Twin Peaks, happening in that summer, um, even though obviously the show didn't come back till that fall. Yeah, I feel like it affirmed a lot of things, um, but it didn't necess- necessarily add sure. anything remarkable. Um, I read it back then, so it was still, again, so like I said, like I watched the series, I saw the movie, and then I was thirsty for anything else I could get, read the book, didn't really give me anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly interesting to yes. read and fit in in some way. It's, so. it's more of a completist. There's a lot of those things where it's like if you're yeah. if you're this level of a fan, you can go this far. There's a lot of extra yeah. extracurricular reading, but um, the Agent Cooper book was at least entertaining because it yes. was fun. Yeah, but um, again, doesn't give you really anything you need. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Although, if you can find the cassette, I had the cassette with him reading it. <laughs> he was nominated for a Grammy for that, by the way. I don't yes. know if you know that, um, as he should have been. Uh, I have a digital. I have like a digital uh, version of it. If yeah, you we'll, we'll make sure Dallas gets that. Mm. Um, hey, 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 guys! Totally. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention that happened right before. The season uh, premiere was Kyle McLaughlin. Dallas, you, I know you forwarded this to me, um, but this is fantastic. So McLaughlin, uh, this is how big the show was. Kyle McLaughlin was the uh, host of the premiere of SNL for the fall. So like that usually is a big deal, right? Whatever the hot thing is, right. you know, he was the host and they do this fantastic sketch um, where, uh, you know, like, uh, Phil Hartman plays Leland, and Chris Farley is Leo, and even like Conan O'Brien is Andy. Um, <laughs> it's so great. It's definitely it's like a really good era of SNL, and it kind of I was thinking it's kind of a nice little companion to Dallas and I's take on the show, where it kind of highlights some of the better stuff and then kind of makes fun of the silly stuff. Um, and my only thought well, was like if Dallas wrote this, Joan Chen would have died. But other than that, like it's pretty spot on uh, to our <laughs> to kind of well, the way that our, we feel about the show. I will say this about that sketch: um, it was it's really funny. It's it's actually very very funny. But 
the weirdest part about the whole sketch is that how much, as at a profile, how much Chris Farley looks like Leo. <laughs> like at a profile, not straight like, on, obviously. Like Leo, <laughs> like Leo ate Shelly, though. I mean, like, come on. Well, yeah, like a bigger Leo. But if he turns his head, I'm like, oh my god, it looks like Leo. It's really weird. But he's so strange. much. He's so great, though. He's like, I did it. Get me a beer. He's so funny. Yeah, uh, and, and then how much Phil, Conan, Hart- Phil Hartman looks like Andy. It made me miss Phil Hartman and Chris Farley mostly is when I watched oh, it. Oh my god, dude. He was so good as Leland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He> starts, <laughs> starts dancing. Um anyway, yeah. I, I, I if if you haven't seen it, I'll make sure I post a, a link to it somewhere on our social media, but it's definitely worth watching. Um the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into this episode is I think they were nominated for like fourteen Emmys. And they got like almost completely snubbed. They won two, and I think it was editing and costumes. So they were very much like not a part of all of that. Um, and it's just worth mentioning because it kind of ties in with the frustration I think that the cast and crew had with what they were doing and mm-hmm. still not really being accepted by the network or even by kind of the people who, you know, vote for television shows. So. Um, well, I mean, what were the other ones they were up for that they could have possibly won besides maybe Kyle MacLachlan? But everybody on that show is a terrible actor except for <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan. I think um, – well, didn't Piper Laurie win the Golden Globe? You know, I don't know. I guess Sherilyn Finn was nominated for an Emmy and she probably wasn't going to win, but – Yeah, know, I, don't, I, don't, I just I, – I don't know. Don't, I see don't, what you, I mean. Don't, you, you don't think that it should have won an Emmy for writing? Um. I mean, nominated is nice. Or, 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 one, or you know why, that year? why wouldn't have Lynch won like for directing for like the pilot? Like, shouldn't he have won for that? No, the pilot was really bad. <laughs> 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 the pilot made me question whether I wanted to keep watching this show or not. Uh, well, I think that's a more of like a kind of statement about you and your artistic. Well, I'm an, well surprise, I'm an Emmy voter. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Oh, wait, in 1990, you were voting for the Emmys? <laughs> yes, and, and, were and you for best seven? writing best writing for television drama, I went with Home Improvement. That's what I went with. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ed was more believable on Home Improvement. So, here we go. <laughs> let, me, let me throw out two Yes, things, please, please, John. <laughs> is it about Home Improvement? Because <laughs> if not, let's move on. Well, it is context. Like, okay. So okay. this show, this show came out on the on the tail end of like, if you think of it in context, a lot of what they were sort of satirizing and doing this, like they're telling their story and they're telling it seriously, but they're also kind of like they're coming off the tail end of like a decade of Dallas Falcon yeah. Crest. Yeah. <laughs> like all yeah, of these. Yeah. yeah. Super melodramatic soaps, which is where they got the whole idea for Invitation to Love. So good. Which which I believe doesn't come back in season two. Yeah, I, I was I, trying to remember that when we were talking about yeah, it the last episode. I think it doesn't. But like, so the show itself is already kind of like a, we're going to exaggerate that a little bit. Yeah. And embrace it in a way like that's so when you talk about when you guys have talked in the podcast about Piper Laurie or some of the other characters sort of like you can see him kind of like acting up the walls. Yeah, (laughs) there there are people from that. Yes, that zone like but that's like what America was used to, you know, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so then what was 
crazy about this show is that then those people were stuck in the middle of a bunch of other people that had never acted in yes. anything before. And I, I love that. Uh, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, that's what makes it fun. Um, but like, I, I was reading something today about Twin Peaks and saying like, you know, gosh, how are the, the people making the show were going like they, they had made all eight episodes, the pilot and the episodes of the first season without them airing. Sure. And going like, okay, how's this going to fare next to the other things on ABC Baywatch and saved by the bell. Yeah. (laughs) And some of the other things. Um, same same so level that, of acting skill right that's there. That's the context. I'm just saying that's the context that that they were sort of released within. Sure. Um, I forgot my original point. The last thing I wanted to say before we move on is that you guys have talked a lot about the episode titles. Yes. And with looking up, so these there were never episode titles at all until the mid '90s when they. Um, aired it in Germany. Yes. So somebody titled them for German television. And then when they brought them back for Bravo TV over here, they translated those titles to English. So that's why all the titles are so kind of awkward and weird because they're basically just whoever titled them for German television translated back it's, to It's fantastic. English. I just read that like an hour ago and I'm okay. so excited and I want what I want to do now is find out the original German for all of these and learn how to pronounce it and then that's how I'm going to title the shows. Um cuz it totally just, makes just, sense now. Be careful. They say a lot of mean things about the Jews. <laughs> There's no there's nothing in the, any of these titles about Jews, Dallas. That you know of. <laughs> you haven't read the original I want to know. We don't know. It, we, it's true. I have to learn how to speak German to read. Well, this, yeah. one, this one is called May the Giant Be With You. Um, maybe the worst title of any of these. <laughs> it probably is the worst. Right? You have... Hmm. It's like, let's take the coolest thing that we've <sighs> done on the show so far and make a joke out of it. It's so lame. Um, this episode is the season two premiere. It aired uh, the day after McLaughlin ho- hosted SNL. So this is a big weekend for Twin Peaks. Um, it aired on a Sunday, and ABC, and it's just uh, boneheaded, the bonehead move of the, of the season pushed them to Saturdays. So I think their thought was Thursday was like kind of older, and so they were trying to attract like kind of a younger crowd. But who in their right mind is not out on a Saturday trying to meet other people? Um, so this is kind of the beginning of the end for Twin Peaks. Obviously, we know that it only had you know this season before it got canceled. But uh, the first episode aired on a Sunday, and then they were on Saturdays uh, for a while. I believe they were moved back kind of towards the end of the run. But anyway, uh, this is all more technical stuff. One more thing. Um, originally, this episode was going to be directed by none other, none other than Steven Spielberg. Um, and when Lynch found out, he kind of came in and said, no, I want to do this one. So uh, it would have been a little different, I feel like. had. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Why? Do they, have a, do they have a thing? Is there like a Lynch-Spielberg rivalry? Not at all. Um, 
one of the producers, uh, his wife was really good friends with Kate Capshaw. They were having dinner. Spielberg's like, I'm a fan. I would love to do an episode. They had it kind of where they were talking about he was going to do it. And when Lynch heard news, he was just like, you know what? I kind of have an idea for this. I want to do it. And Mark Frost was like, look, this is our show. Whatever you want to do, you know, we'll get Spielberg to do another episode later. And he obviously never found the time he went off to make whatever movie. Um I don't know what always. I, I don't know what movie. Yeah, something. <laughs> something. You got a problem with always? <laughs> no, I think that's what was happening. Yeah, it, it might have been at that, that time. Always or hook. It would have been know. cool to see. I, if, for me, I mean, it would have been cool to see a Spielberg episode of Twin Peaks. Um, but we'll never know. Um, so well, here we, so yeah. In a, way, in a way, Hook is like an episode of Twin Peaks. It's exactly like Twin Peaks. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is in both. Mm-hmm. Bob, wait, what? Bob Hoskins isn't in Twin Peaks. <laughs> no, he's not in not Twin Peaks. Show. Well, not yet. <laughs> no, but Phil Collins is in both. Phil Collins is um, in both. Yeah, he's he plays. In, Phil uh, Collins' music is in both. Let, <laughs> okay, we're we're about twenty five minutes into this episode. Let's actually get into the uh, this episode. Um, so we You'll start. You'll be in my heart. <laughs> we start out right where we left off, right? <laughs> and did Coop live? Did he die? Well, he's still alive at this point. And he's on the ground. He's been shot. There's a lot of blood. And America has been waiting uh, a long time to find out. And instead of just like, here's a bunch of answers to all the questions you've had for five months, they get this 10-minute scene with Cooper dying while the oldest man uh, working as an actor in Los Angeles is just pacing <laughs> back and forth in a room. Um, I love this. I think it's really Lynch making fun of everyone who's like, I want answers and I want them now. And it's kind of like him kind of, you know, toying with the nation of spoiled television watchers. Um, but yeah, Dallas, yeah. I'm curious to hear I, what you think. <laughs> I remember I, bouncing up, bouncing up and down on the couch, like going like, "Why are what what is going to happen?" Like I I was so tense during this whole situation. It was ridiculous. I uh, I looked up today a story about the making of the scene, and one of the actors uh, was watching the filming of this, going like. Okay, they filmed a take. Man, that guy was really moving slow. They're gonna. This is like the season premiere. They're gonna need him to to move a lot faster. So, um, David Lynch calls, cut, 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 and then he goes, uh, "Yeah, uh, can you move slower?" <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's the greatest <laughs> opening to any season two. Like I dare come at me, bro. Like what is better than this? It makes me so happy watching it. Um, it's uh, it, it's really funny. I think it's like one of those things. I was looking at it as is a is like somebody going. You know what we need is like some big opening to the show. Like let's open with a big bang, and Lynch will and Lynch and in my mind is just going like. Yeah, I got your bang. Yeah, that's and what I, but that's you know, why like, it's so fun cuz I think that yeah. it's very it's obviously so intentional. It, it's about it's kind of his comment on like, you know, people wanting that immediate. I mean, this show is so much about, you know, one thing like 
come from the outside, it's about people expecting something from them and wanting and demanding. We want this. We want we want to be appeased. And it's like, you know, this is television. This is art. I'm going to kind of keep you at an arm's length. And he, I mean, this is as good as it gets, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, so. Yeah, it's it, very I, funny. I didn't time out how long I, this is, but it's so, it's such a long time to get the, to the giant. I mean, he like, you, you're almost, you think you're done and he comes back for like the fourth time with the thumbs up. And then my, my favorite moment <laughs> is when he gives him the bill. <laughs> yeah, and Cooper yeah. asks if the gratuity is included, like. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it was really funny. My fa- my favorite thing he did was the wink, like the yes. the really big wink is really yes. funny. Uh, yeah, I like this scene a lot. Speaking of Emmys, I don't, this guy didn't get nominated, and it's a travesty. Uh, I'm still upset about it. Well, in memoriam, he probably was probably was involved in the in memoriam part. That's true. Um, and so once he leaves, then we are uh, introduced to the giant. Um, so this is kind of uh, we're we're kind of setting the tone. This is kind of them bringing back a little bit of that kind of dream supernatural part of the show. And the giant was Lynch's idea. Uh, while this episode was definitely a collaboration, Mark Frost said one day Lynch just walked into his, his office and said, "There's a giant in Coop's room." And so um, you know it feels very Lynch. Um, and he goes on to. Uh, Tell Cooper, you know, I've got these three kind of these three things, um, and uh, to think of him as a friend. And there's an interesting line about not um, where I'm from, but where have you gone? Um, and Dallas, you've got me thinking about this whole the second season as all Coop's dream. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so the three clues are: uh, there's a man in a smiling bag. Uh, the owls are not what they seem. And then the last one is without chemicals, he points. Uh, he asks for his ring, and then he says, we want to help you. Um, so there's uh, more than him, I guess. And then the last thing he says is, Leo is locked inside a hungry horse. Um, and then of all those cryptic things, he leaves with, you will require medical attention. <laughs> so he's also, you know, uh, he also speaks, you know, not in riddles. Um, yeah, I think it's important to note that kind of around this time, the Nielsen ratings show that everyone stopped watching the season premiere. Really? Is that yeah, real? Yeah. Like after the first 30 minutes, it just went downhill. Um, oh no. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, this was, this was kind of the, uh, the sh- the season is like 22 episodes, but this, I think this like first scene is the beginning of the end. Like it, it just goes downhill. Uh, from here, as far as I will say for for me, this first scene, like he has this line where he says, "We want to help you." Yeah, and that like perked my ears up, and my whole yeah, like kind of awareness of the show went, "Oh my gosh, who is we?" You know, yeah. so that it 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 opened up the world of the show for me in that line. Um, and we'll see where it goes. No, I think that's, assuming, I think this yeah. episode's very divide. Like, people either were like, "Oh, I'm in," you know, on on the whole thing, <laughs> or they were like, "I'm I don't want to wait any longer, and I'm out." Um, and I, so I think you're right, John. I think that that this was kind of like a, a springboard for dividing the people who were watching the show and were kind of caught up with the mystery in season one. You know, like either they're gonna follow mm-hmm. it or they're not. They're just not along for the ride. Um, right. So 
from there we go back to one of the other cliffhangers was Audrey Horn is at One Eye Jacks and her dad walks into the room she's in and please God no like don't this don't let this happen. Um, this is weird because then we cut to Jerry and Blackie, who apparently in the last five minutes developed like a thing for heroin. Like I don't it, <laughs> because. We're assuming that this, this yeah, the show just like it's like we didn't miss any time, and then she's strung out like it's just really weird. Um, I I guess making a TV show like doing the continuity thing is hard, but this seemed like kind of like there'd be someone who'd go, hey, hold on, wait a minute, she wasn't like this, you know, and we just saw her. Um, But anyway. Jerry does then save the day as Ben is about to uh, pounce on his daughter. He, he, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but thankfully for us, he uh, gets Ben out of that room. Um, and Audrey should need, like, instant therapy. I don't know what. She's, like, kind of still a little bit too calm and collected after this. So, I, don't well, know how they, just... I don't know how they originally wrote the scene, but her voice <laughs> sounds so dubbed in when yes. she's like go away i'm shy yeah do you like, I, it made me think of um uh, it doesn't even what's the sound kubrick like movie um where they have masks and they're obviously dubbed oh. yeah oh, the, eyes uh, wide the, shut where it's like that the really moon creepy landing. the moon landing, the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dubbed in they're wearing the, where they're wearing the masks and all of yeah, the, the, the audio is dubbed in. What's that line that he has about one small step for man? Uh, so I'm like, Buzz, get down here. I don't know what it is exactly. I but, need a uh, sandwich. Give me one of those space sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> is there any space ice cream up Did there? Did you eat What's all the, the space BLTs? Um, yeah. <laughs> is that what I were thinking about? Oh, man. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. No, eyes eyes wide shut. Where they uh, there were uh, anyway. I've I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> it just the the Audrey who was bawling in the last season where because Leland was dancing. I, this is where she should be like bawling, right? Her dad just tried to like. <laughs> but later on in the in the episode, she is like talking to herself, right? Yeah, she's she's uh, we know. I feel like she finally realized she's in trouble, uh, which, <clears throat> duh. Um, so Coop, uh, she Coop. has an amazing moment. I, I have to say like the, the writing and her acting when she, when he finally leaves and she pulls down the mask, um, there's this amazing moment of sort of realization. Yeah. Um, that I feel like they earn whatever, <laughs> You know whatever whatever else they've done, they they yeah. earn it there because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, she, I think she's great. <clears throat> I like Sherilyn Finn. Um, so Coop is still dying, uh, and he is uh, saying, you know, he starts talking to his tape recorder, hoping that he left the dictation on. And he did. Um, the reason he was uh, was shot and is bleeding is that he was folding up his vest. Uh, chasing a wood tick, uh, of course. And um, then he has a line about being shot is not so bad as long as you can keep the fear from your mind, which is kind of a telling line uh, for the show um, as it kind of centers around fear. 
Uh, it's interesting. Um, he realizes that his ring is gone, so the giant was not just like him, you know, about to die or losing blood. This was something that really happened. And then he starts making a list of things he wishes he could do, like he would very much like to make love to a beautiful woman he had affection for, mm -hmm. um, which is, that's a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful thought for yeah. Coop. And just as it seems like he's about to lose consciousness, uh, the fuzz show up. So he's saved. Um, they move directly into this kind of very Lynchian shot of him kind of regaining consciousness um, in the uh, hospital. A lot of this episode is, is in that hospital. We spend like a good amount of time in uh, Calhoun Memorial. Um, uh, Doc Hayward has the great scene where he has the bullet and they have the little tick on there and he says it's a hell of a way to kill a tick. Um, <laughs> and so then they decide to bring Cooge, uh, Agent Cooper up to date and it's like the list of everyone who's died or is dying or is in a coma. And... Uh, <laughs> And I love lines like this where it's like gives you this little history where he says, not since the Elks Club fire of 59. <laughs> 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 they had such a busy night. Um, and then I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it seems like Cooper's hair grew a lot uh, overnight. Like he has like twice or three times as much hair. Yeah, um, see, he, he has a lot to slick back. Yeah. Yeah, his beard was distracting. Um, Wait, whose beard? Cooper's, because I just thought, there's no way he grew that. <laughs> he, doesn't, um, he doesn't have a beard? Oh, maybe I'm watching a different show. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't have a I'm beard, but he looks like Steve Young all of a sudden. Like, I was confused. There's, uh, there should have been someone there who said, like, let's cut his hair. Can we cut his hair? There's it was a, like the biggest show on television. There's what a couple of these things that happen what are the other things i'm curious that like you laura flynn boyle looks like in not in a bad way because she looked pretty young but she looks like she aged like well, five years some of it was she's in this episode like that character is trying to look older no 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 but from the very first shot like her face <laughs> um her hair looks lighter than it did before yeah um and then like uh andy's hair is looks totally different than it was in the last episode. There, there was probably, I mean, this was like, you know, maybe eight, six to eight months past since they had shot some oh, of the sure, stuff sure, we had sure. watched last. So saying, you're going to get there. some of these, some of these people are like in their early twenties. They're going to look different. Um, the other thing that had happened is that the show had aired. And so suddenly the actors like were seeing themselves yeah. in the context of all this. And like, they decided like, Oh, I need to like Bobby's tan. I, I, I want to look a certain way. Yeah, so Laura yeah. Boyle, for example, said like, Oh, I don't want to be so goody two shoes, which is the whole point of her character. But she said this. And then some of the other characters said, Oh, I want to look this way or I'll, I want to look this way. And so that's, that's where some of those shifts came from. Cause sure. they, they bowed to that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And they were all, all of a sudden they were all famous. Like yeah, Bobby Bobby has a tan. Like he looks like he just went to Hawaii overnight. Um, yeah, yeah. Bobby I say I uh, had on my wall the Rolling Stone cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sherilyn Finn, yes. Laura Flynn Boyle, and uh, Matchin, If that's how you say yes, her name, it is Matchin, on the cover, and it is like a ludicrously yummy. <laughs> <cover>. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said. 
Yeah, yeah. that was that summer. Like that, that summer, like they, it was the biggest thing. They were on Rolling Stone. Lynch was on the cover of Time. I mean, this was like not a cult show in 1990. This was the the show. I think yeah, it's but I after think, the I just, first 30 minutes of 1991, it was, it was done. a cult show. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important to remember that because I think people think of it now like it was, you know, I don't know, like a, just think of a show that never got popular but people really freak out about. Like, it was kind of like Lost where, like, everyone was talking about it. It was the biggest show. Um, it invented the term, like, water cooler yes. show. Yeah. So the idea was that – or that that term came from the fact that you would watch the show and then the next day – on your break at work next to the water machine, yes. you would all sit around and talk about it. It's like water now, coolers now were the year before podcasts. Now we're yes. like, this is like the new water coolers. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of shows too that came out after that show that were like humongous, humongous cultural shifts in how we like ingested entertainment that probably made it, made people forget about Twin Peaks. I mean, like, you know, not only did you have like Seinfeld and Friends completely take over the landscape, but then you had the Sopranos come out. You know, like just shows that kind of changed how everybody remembered the the nineties kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably that's why Twin Peaks gets overlooked and thought of as like a, a very niche show, which it kind of which it is now, especially, but um but yeah, that's why I think it that. was also just like I I mean, I think it's fair to say it was kind of ahead of its time, like the, some of the stuff they were showing on network television was like, what are you doing? Like, it's stuff that now you'd get on AMC or HBO. Like, it was, I mean, the, if you, like like John said, in, in context of what else was airing, there wasn't a lot going on. And in a way, it was that was good for them, but it was also bad for ratings because most people did not react to it. And I think that's kind of the whole point of this podcast was like, this show is something that, you know, for me, I realized in liking it, I was a little different. There was something about this show that attracted me to it that I was like, okay, my f- friend, uh, most of my friends don't like this. They don't get it. They don't care about it. Um, it had a way of like bringing people to it. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. That's how I felt about Hey Dude. <laughs> um did you guys notice <laughs> that um, right, right after the Elks Club uh, yes. remark in the show that Mark Frost is the newscaster? Yes, yes. So I don't think I was going to mention this, Dallas. I don't think you you probably know what Mark Frost looks like, but I don't. Yeah, when, yeah. They, when they're um, they're showing footage of the mill being burned, then Mark Frost, uh, who is obviously the co-creator and writer of most of the episodes um, is the guy on screen with the glasses. So that's... Uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. For for Dallas, for you, that's uh, Lucas Giolito's uncle. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So... Uh, and so then, the worst director of the show so far. <laughs> yeah, now, come on. That's not true. That episode is great. I still stand by it. I love the, the season one finale. All right. um, oh, yeah. Frost? Yeah. Frost. It's great. It's great. Oh, it's great. yeah. It's great. Um. <laughs> So then the hospital, and uh, we get some life from Ronette. This is a big deal. Ronette's the only one who is an eyewitness, right? So she's starting to, you know, I think she moves. You remember Ronette, Dallas, right? Yep. The, hold up. <coughs> oh, sorry. The, um, 
The other girl, right? The other girl, yeah. The other girl um, that got uh, attacked or We whatever. haven't seen her in a while, but it's, this hmm. is important. She's, uh, she's going to wake up. She's got information. So uh, then we're off to back to the Palmer house, again, where it's good times all the times. Um, Sarah and Maddie are having their morning coffee, and Maddie is talking about a dream. She's staring at the carpet. And um, then Leland appears, and he's got white hair. Uh, and he's singing Mare's Dutes. Um, he just says, uh, does he even say what happened or he's just singing and he walks off? Um, it's very, no, he doesn't say what happened. He just sings and walks off. It's very strange. Uh, fits into my narrative and, uh, that, that this is all a dream. Yeah. <clears throat> so then Sarah goes after him because she's like, Hey, why is your hair white? And then Maddie, uh, who has been staring at the carpet, then sees uh, like a, f- a kind of a figure move across the carpet, and she starts freaking out. Um, and I, I'm freaking out a little bit too when I see this. Um, Is it, a, it? Oh, it's a figure. I thought it was like a blood stain, like a well, big blood stain. Yeah, well, like a, a blood stain, but it's like looks like a you know like a shape is what I mean by a figure. Okay, um, all right. So. And then we're we're straight off to Ben's office where Leland shows up, and in my mind, like he just sang Mary's you know, it's like walking all the way to the Great Northern, um, whether or not that's true or not. But um, he says he's back, and then they're all excited and dancing. And um, Leland with the white hair, though, it's uh, it's exciting. It's strange. I don't. Could it's that a good ha- look. Could that happen to us? I don't know. It happened to Steve Martin at some point. It seems to be a thing. Like it happens a like lot. It, it happened in to someone, stories. right? Like right? if they get scared or some profound event happens to them, they seem to get a white stripe in their hair or so I or feel like, like frozen. it's not completely invented. You know? But like is it a medical thing where like you could like could I wake wake up tomorrow with white hair just like could it happen? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you. I mean, have like, to, we'd have to get it. To... Do you guys think I'd look good with white hair? <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and it's I feel really like what you I'm look trying great. to. Get, I'm trying to get at. Like, I just want to know. It's yeah, like spontaneously like if... combusting. I just want to know if it's going to happen or if there's a chance. I think you could rock it if you had to. <laughs> yeah, you. I feel like you'd be fine. You just have to start another punk band. All right. Uh, <laughs> True story. That's what this whole podcast has been about. Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> you guys can listen to Serial now or whatever else is popular. <clears throat> no. I feel like that would be a great Serial episode of how you would got your hair turned white. It would have been better than the last season of that show that was like a waste of 11 hours of my life. I'll never get back. No, no. that that No, you, you'll get it back. <laughs> <laughs> With white hair, I might. Um, so... They uh, they they want to go check out Leo's because he's got a. There, I think the, one of the giant's clues was something about go, there's something at Leo's, and uh, sheriff's like you know don't we don't need a warrant because Leo was shot in his own home, so then they're getting there the they're there getting uh, forensics on the crime scene they find the flesh world and uh, lucky uh, we're very lucky that Albert shows up because anytime he's here uh the show is just like for me that's the best um and he starts freaking out and he's like saying like you know 
you know who's here? And like, it's like, he says his name wrong, like Albert Rosen world or something. Like he doesn't even know his name, but he's just like losing his mind. And as he's running back to the house, he steps on a board and it's very like a, um, like a Looney Tunes kind of thing where he hits the board and it hits him in the face. Um, and he's like doing that kind of duck walk. <clears throat> and Albert has the great line about it. it's another great moment in law enforcement history, but they do find something there. Um, this is a very weird scene. Well, and what makes it so David Lynch to me is that it's, it does have that Looney Tunes wackiness, but then, but then he's got blood running yeah. down the front yes. of his face, so yes. you're uncomfortable. Totally, and that's, you know what makes it fit in the Lynch thing for me. Well, and also that he he, he lets it drag on for quite some time. He so doesn't long. he so doesn't long. yell cut like ever. <laughs> I don't think he's ever yelled cut. I think someone's like we're out of film, and like that's what happens. Like right now, he might be waking up yelling cut for a scene. For, from like, for that scene. For like Wild at Heart or something. He's like, all right, Andy. Oh, wait. What year is it? Um, so, but it's it's fantastic. Uh, and they so they find uh, Leo's boots and uh, some some coke some coke. Um, mm, which be the which would be the great a great name for your new punk band? Leo's, Leo's boots, boots and coke. Leo's boots and coke. All right, it seems like I got my white hair. Um, right. This great. There's a great opening to this next scene with that kind of trucker just going. Something like, hot damn, that pie's good. So we're back at the double R. Um, And this is when Donna shows up, I think. And uh, Maddie has uh, brought her Laura's glasses. And uh, Donna's trying to reinvent herself. She's trying to lose that, like, Ron Howard directing a movie uh, look we talked about in the last episode with that kind of stupid duckbill hat. And she's, I think... I think the last episode you saw James looking at Maddie dressed as Laura and you could tell Donna is like, I have to kind of reinvent the wheel here because I want to keep his attention. Um, But I don't know. It feels weird. Like uh, her as the kind of like cool chick just doesn't feel right. Um, And I feel like James feels the same way when we get to it later when she's in the jail. But uh, anyway. I don't know. They're making out through those bars. Yeah, we'll get. We'll I feel get. like we don't know where it's coming from, you know. Like I think, because um, this—I mean, without giving spoilers—like this goes on for a little while, and they never really give a reason for it, other than she's wearing her sunglasses. But it's not like they're magic. But don't you? But yeah, they're don't just you? Don't you think sunglasses. that like? Don't you think it was because she got jealous? Like when Maddie yeah, when Maddie came into the picture, she was like, "Oh, James!" Like she, I, I, I like the first time yeah. Maddie walks in, she notices James noticing noticing Maddie because she looks. It's funny. She looks exactly like Laura Palmer, and so I think this is her trying to like compete in a way of like, yeah. But it's weird because yeah. she's not really competing with Maddie. She's competing with Laura, who's dead. Anyway, right, right. Um, so well, when the, and I think yeah. because she. <sighs> Yeah, you're right. Well, so then, so then, um, and then, you know, when they're there, um, Maddie starts talking about, you know, she feels guilty about Jacoby because Jacoby's in the coma or he's in the hospital. And, you know, it's like, is it because of what we did? Um, And while they're uh, they're there, Donna gets the letter um, 
This is weird to me that she gets a letter at the double R. Like she doesn't work there, <laughs> but someone like like it's like a post office where people just drop um, letters. But basically, it's saying to look into Meals on Wheels. Um, and then there's a great scene. Do of, you do you have ahead. theories on who it's from? I, I was trying to remember. Like, do we not know? Do we, is it not revealed later? Because some of the stuff that's happening where I don't know, I'm like, oh, I'm sure they talk about it later. I don't think we know that one, but I certainly have theories because there's people we see in the double R. Because the people, you know? who, the people yeah. who I know who are working on things are like Audrey, right? So like, is it mm-hmm. not, like if we don't know, then like tell. I want, I'm curious who your thoughts are on who it is. Yeah. Well, wait. Are you going to give away things? No, I don't think so. Right? It's not like a. I mean, I, I guess let's maybe let's leave it then, because I'm not. Well, sure. who I, else? I mean, who else is in the diner right then that uh, they show? So the log, the log lady is. Yeah. So you yeah. think maybe it's from the log lady? I think maybe it's from the log lady. Oh, that's interesting. No, that's not a spoiler at all. Um, no. She has a great scene where she's. She spits and out her she, gum right after this. She's lots of weird messages. <laughs> yes. It's not yes. A, a spoiler. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, then we're back to the sheriff's office. So Cooper, <clears throat> Albert's obviously shown up because Cooper's been shot. So Albert's doing his examination of Cooper. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I think he's talking about... Leo, and he says, is it vigilante justice or just good old country living? Um, and this is when uh, Andy comes in and says that um, that he's been doing some, he's making some calls, and he found out that Leo was locked, uh, was locked up in Hungry Horse, Montana. So this is the, the giant's clue about Leo. Um, this the, coincides with when Teresa Banks was murdered. So the clues that were involved with Teresa and Laura say that it's the same person, but Leo's gone, which means like he was kind of the guy that they had. But if it's not him, then it's probably not Leo. So we're kind of like, we were sure it was Leo, and now we're like, is it? Who is it? You know? Um, and then this is when Philip Gerard shows up, and there's this kind of really awkward moment where he's got the shoes and. <laughs> He's talking to Lucy, and he kind of, like, just walks away after saying, I'm here to sell shoes. Um, yeah, and then we don't really see him again, right? <laughs> no, we don't. Okay. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, Lucy's wearing this really kind of weird shade of lipstick in this. It's, like, kind of orange. Felt very 1990. Um, I enjoyed it. And then um, <laughs> they're finally talking to James. Uh, who's obviously been in trouble because not only did he was kind of responsible for Jacoby having uh, getting attacked, having a heart attack, or whatever it was, um, but he also was found with drugs in his tank, and he's like, look, it wasn't me. Um, and so they're talking to him, and that's when he tells them about how he doesn't think it was Leo. Um, when he first started dating Laura, she had a kind of a really weird night where she was talking about how there there was this conversation where she said, would you like to play with fire? Would you like to play with Bob? So he brings up this name, Bob. And then Cooper kind of goes out on a limb and hunches that he's got the necklace and James does. And he says that he, you know, got it from Jacoby. 
And, um, and that's when I think Cooper says like, oh, Jacoby, I didn't think he had anything to do with this. Um, and anyway, <laughs> that's a lot I just talked about. So, um, anyone, <clears throat> anyone want to weigh in? <laughs> no. Did you, did you, <laughs> did you move beyond, um, Mr. Briggs? No, we're not there yet. Okay. Okay. No. Um, yeah, so the next thing, they're still in the uh, the sheriff's office, and I think like most of this episode uh, seems like either the sheriff's office or the hospital. But this is when we get Donna with the glasses walking in. And she walks into the sheriff's office and someone whistles. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. who whistled? Like, what? Oh, it yeah. Great. It's like a... Yeah, yeah, but like, like there's the no one in there. So was it No, it's totally was, like sound design. Dude, if they would have like if they would have shot over to Philip Gerard with his suitcase of shoes and he's the one like this would be like the greatest thing that ever happened. But there's like <clears throat> who did it? Who was there? Maybe it was the, maybe it was the giant sound effect. Maybe it was yeah. the giant. <laughs> By the way, Lurch Lurch from the Adams family, the giant. Um which is, uh, is that true? Yeah, it's true. Well, That's like from funny. the movies, like with, uh, you know. The 90s movies. Yeah, the yeah. 90s movies. Well, were there oh. other movies? I think, it was, like, there weren't other movies, right? No. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. So Donna is, uh, is, she's really trying to ditch that Ron Howard uh, directing look. and uh, But it's, I feel like she's laying it on kind of thick. And mm. so she's uh, in the jail cell, and there's that line about how her, like, you know, she's kissing him and then he like backs yeah. off and she's like, or is it just not okay for me to want you? Um, and the, and my, mm. just the first thing I thought was like, and you thought you hated James and Donna last season. Um, yeah. Hey, Sean. Dallas. Sean. Hold on. We got to pause real quick. Sean, what button is that? that this is not, that, that, we can't yeah, have that, nice things. We can't have nice things. Just, is that in logic? What no. is that in? I no, I have a. I, I have the actual. I have the actual unit, the hardware unit. <laughs> it's what we get on this podcast. <laughs> this was Blink 182's true story. Like they used, they used it live. Like that actual box. This actual yes. one. <clears throat> Blink 182. This is why we get on this things. <laughs> This one will never be number one on iTunes. <laughs> never gonna happen. I hate you, Dallas. He's not on. All right. Oh, great. I just got back on. Oh, we're really happy to have you back. Oh, we just, I was just about to get to a point where I wanted to stop for the first episode, too. Oh, well, then let's get to that point. Okay, so, uh, like, oh, we didn't pause. Um, so, where were we? <laughs> So I had to move rooms. I was in a room, and my wife wanted to go to sleep, and so then I moved to another room. Ugh. Listen, I, there's no mystery here. We're not. It's not like we're in. Studios. There's lots of mysteries, but we're not getting to any of them. Uh, well, listen. So far, all the things that you talked about in the episode. The reason why John and I didn't chime in is because episode. No you, one cares about you, Jacoby. You cut out. What'd you say? Because no one oh, won. Great. <laughs> I said there were boring parts of the episode. 
I don't know what to. I'm, I'm waiting to get to my favorite part of the episode. I would say, as a young man who was watching the jail scene that we were just talking about, yes, um, <laughs> I was like blown away by her, her sudden sort of character change. Yeah, where she's like smoking in the freaking jail, you know, like, yes. oh, she's such a rebel, you know, and um, the sort of sexual tension in that whole scene was sure. um, as funny as it is to me now, back then, <laughs> it was like, whoa, <laughs> and um, uh, how, I mean, how does that end? He kind of pushes her away, right? He's yeah. like, no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was like yeah. that was part of a mystery for me. I was like, "What?" Like she's kind of like wants to get it on with you between the bars, and you're not into it. So what's up with that? Well, I think it's That's like it's so out of left field, right? Like for him, if yeah. you're him, you're yeah. like, "Wait, what happened to you?" You know. And I think we we we've, we've seen like. Her, his reaction to Maddie, and that's what it's all based on, is her seeing yeah, that, and yeah. she's like, I want to compete. I don't want to lose him to this new girl who looks exactly like his ex-girlfriend. Or his, like, his relationship with Laura, you know. Exactly. Like, such a, you know. And this is all, like, this is all, like, yeah. what, like, six days ago that she died? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. all so, like. We forget that. We yeah, maybe forget if that. you guys had some time, you know. <laughs> Was it only six days? I think so, because every episode's every like a day. Every episode's a day. So, it's, yeah. it's eight days at this point, you know, and she's already, like, jealous of him with another girl. And anyway, um. Well, to be fair, Laura seems, not Laura, sorry, Donna, Donna, seems very stable. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Um, <laughs> the last thing in that scene. Wreck. <laughs> the last thing I that, love her. Like, I love her in that. <laughs> she, and I think she's great in this, too. I think, like, people have kind of, you know, I think because of kind of the way, like, towards the end there with Jack Nicholson and with her, like, all mm-hmm. the tabloid stuff, like, she gets kind of a bad rap, but I think she's great in this show, and I've said that before. Um, I will say well, what, what I give stance. her I give her total credit because um, a couple of years ago, about three years ago, I went to a showing of Wayne's World at yeah. the like American, you know, wherever they vote for the Oscars, and she came. She Rad. was there, and the, her and Tia Carrere, like the whole cast, was Rad. there. She was there. She wasn't too cool to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? She's so great in that. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, Yeah, she is really good in that. The the last thing she was in Jack. Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I I I I just want to get through this and then we can. I want to stop after this scene. So, the last thing we see is is that Lucy and Andy, uh, Cooper's giving them, like, they're kind of, you know, not talking right now. And Cooper then decides he's going to give them, uh, like, you know, however, like 400 episodes of Flesh World to go through. Um, to try to find Teresa, because <laughs> they're looking for Teresa Banks and like to see if she's in there, and so they're both like, you know, I think Andy's like, I'm this really, I'm, this is uncomfortable, and she's like, we're both professionals, but then turns like one page and her face goes red. Um, well, and the worst part about Flesh World is that you can't skip ahead; you gotta <laughs> go through it. 
you know, you one, two, three, four. No, you can't. You have yeah. to. You got to read the articles. Yeah. You gotta read the articles. It's got to be in order, or otherwise you're not going to get it. You know, nope. you're not going to get what happens in episode six. Nope. You got to do it. Yeah. They got to do. They got to do all the heavy lifting there. I think they so. have like a goofus and gallant in uh, Flesh World. Oh, totally. No, goofus and gallant is that came from Flesh World. You didn't. Oh, really? I'm surprised didn't you didn't know that. Yeah, and mutts too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you know that cartoon Mutts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Probably one or two good Cathy's in there. There's a couple of Cathy's. As we know, Hank loves Cathy's. But um anyway, that's uh we're gonna we're gonna divide this in two because it's such a long episode, but I wanted to we don't have to stop talking, but I wanted to stop going through the episode there. So um, Well, here's my problem thoughts. with this episode so far. Is that like so the beginning up until like the Andy thing when Andy duck walks. Like that whole first part, I was really into the episode. Yeah. And then it does literally trail off for me <laughs> with like a lot of weird things and a lot of things I just don't really – like the whole Locket and James and Donna. We've talked about this. James and I, I could care less. I don't like their characters. They're very, very boring to me. Um, and I just didn't care about anything. And it's made me mad that Netflix has changed the uh, – I guess the avatar, so to speak, or the album cover for the show. Because <laughs> it's to James, James peering <laughs> off a hill. Yeah. <laughs> so They're like, hey, Dallas, should it be this or should it be Joan Chen uh, looking into a mirror? <laughs> uh, James on a bike? All right, cool. Good idea. Yeah, so there's that. I just don't care about them. And then, like, Jacoby's thing, you know, I love Riff, but I just don't know what's going on with this. I mean, he was in a gang, he's not in a gang. It doesn't make any sense. And then. The thing about so my favorite part of the episode, I have two favorite parts Wait, of this episode. Don't if it's something that happens in the next half of the episode that we haven't gotten to yet. Like let's mm, get to it yeah. when we go to the next half. I'm just saying that we haven't gotten to it yet, and once it happens, like I'm I'm on board for the rest of the episode. I'm like, all right, okay, okay. So I'm just I'm just letting you know. I, I had to kind of pick a halfway point, and there wasn't really a good one. You know, like like I, I kind of agree that the last like couple acts are like uh, I'm not as concerned about Donna and James. Like we've spent no, so no much one time is. there. No one is. But um, I just I had to pick a kind of a halfway point so that we can divide the episodes up. But no, um, it's fine. Well, if there's any, if you guys have any have anything you want to share about this first half, um, please do. And if not, then um, I want to thank everyone for listening to the first half of. Episode nine, and we will be back with another. Uh, well, you didn't podcast. really give us a chance to say anything, did you? You just said, "Do you want to say anything?" And I, then you started ending the episode. I'm really trying. It's hard doing a podcast with you. Uh, Travis and I have been talking about it, and um, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's through Skype, then it probably hasn't been a very. Good we talk call. every morning. We like start our days with, like a little. That's good. Yeah, that's sweet. John, can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Thank God. Um, what is your? Are you a big Lynch fan? Yes, I am. I mean, uh, you know, as I've this show is sort of my window in, my doorway in, and then I went and sort of tried to take in everything I could. Not everything is as delicious as this show. I would almost say. Maybe nothing in his films has been as satisfying to me as this Ooh, show. Sean, Sean, how do you feel about um, that? No, I, no, I mean, I, this is for me. This is it. This is the greatest. Like the show yeah. to me is the best. Yeah, yeah. So even though I may 
like adore other things he's done. None of them have um, succeeded in a way that this one has. Hmm. Um, I would say every one of his works um, that I adore is maybe has some warts that you have to just go like, Oh yeah, I didn't get that or, but um, yeah. So this is the show that made me go, Oh, I've got to see, I've got to see everything else he's ever done. And, and uh, you know, Sean and I both went to see throughout the nineties, all of his other films. We probably saw them together, like lost highway and um, Mulholland drive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did we also? I saw Mahalan drive with you guys. I think. I think I fell asleep. You might have. (laughs) But I feel. And and again, like that's one where Mahalan drive. Not to go off on this, but that's one where I feel like he took all the good things he's done in every other movie or story he's done, put them in that story, and um. So that's why that one works for me. Um but it's still like a summation of everything else he's done rather than like sort of a new thing. But um, for him, I like, I like the, the vibe that he goes to. I like the zone he goes to. And a lot of times I can appreciate what he's trying to do. If I can even pretend to guess what he's trying to do. Um, (laughs) So interesting. Interesting. Okay, love, that's all. Yeah. That was my only question. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I I, uh, I love Mulholland Drive. When I'm now now that you've talked about, it, I'm thinking about it, especially in terms of like the sh- this show. I feel like inspired so much of that, like him yeah. as the frustrated yeah. director dealing with the suits, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so much of what we're getting into with the show and like them fighting back against ABC, and then when you watch Mulholland Drive after kind of taking Twin Peaks as like a case study as to like how hard they fought, you get where he was going right. with it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a whole different movie than when the first time I saw it. And I, I don't think at the time I knew, you know, since then so much has been written about Twin Peaks and there's so much information. I didn't know all of that then. Um, but in the light of like knowing more about Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive is like such more of like an interesting film. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't dislike Mulholland Drive. I was just, <clears throat> I was not expecting it to be as slow a pace as it was. Sure, sure. And, uh, and I fell asleep. But then I woke and up. And I'd when say the- most of his movies are are of that slower pace. You know, like yeah. you could see even in the pacing of Twin Peaks. You know, take for instance the pace of the season finale of season one, and then you get. The first fifteen minutes of season two is like it's a good point. Yeah. An old man shuffling around, you know, with the <laughs> yeah, with the pool for the warm milk. No, that's a good. Uh, that's a really good point. You have frost, like we talked about, just like cramming <laughs> things down the musket of the barrel. Just like let's just get it all done, and then and then Lynch going like let's just take our time. Um, yes, that's a really kind of cool juxtaposition of like how it ended versus how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if you guys have anything else to say, but thanks for listening um, to the podcast. <laughs> I'm 
Dude, I'm just doing my best. Uh, you know, I'm no, sorry, listen, Dallas. I'm glad that I'm glad that we're where we were well, back. Uh, Dallas, I have something to tell you. This is your last episode of Dish in the Percolator. I'm bringing John in to replace you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did I'll a secret honest. poll uh, through our website, dishinthepercolator.geocities.angelfire. <laughs> yeah. uh, and sorry, but like you lost. And uh, I hope at, it was close. You're No, it wasn't close at all. Wow. It was, wow. One, it was one to zero. So I want to thank you. <laughs> For all the times you made me laugh, uh-huh. and uh-huh. all the times you stood me up like an hour before we were supposed to podcast, so thank you. Well, I just, it, okay, great. And if and anyone especially else is out for there, all the times you stopped <laughs> to either talk to your wife about chips, or yeah. because your daughter wouldn't listen to you and would not stay asleep. Yeah, well, that's a good thing we didn't record today during nap time. Whew, what a mess. I know. You know, um, one time we're going to do, like, we're going to try to do it during nap time. And, like, I just want it to be a disaster. Like, whatever the worst <laughs> episode of season two is, and I'm going to go back and, and check and remember which one it is. We're going to try to do that one. Like, we're going to coordinate three children's nap times and just, like, <laughs> let it, just let it go. Just let it be. Yeah. <laughs> See what no, happens. That's fine. There's I, a couple uh, of, uh, Absolutely terrible ones. Yes, in the, I'm in so the excited. Of season two. I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. to get to those. All right. Well, I'm interested to know why they're terrible. I really am. The there's a lot of no, James. no. We don't have to get into it now. There's I a lot of James. I have a question. There's a lot Dallas. of James. I have a question, but it's it may be one that shouldn't be asked. No, it's too late. You got to ask it now. Well, if you so because I know you home. may. You may have heard some kind of. Was it about home improvement? (laughs) No, no. Okay, sorry. You may have heard a spoiler. So if if you have heard a spoiler, then that that makes this question like don't even answer it. But my what I would ask to somebody who has never seen this show is: Do you think you have an idea of who killed Laura Palmer? Um, If you think. If somebody's just said who it is, then let's move on and not do it. But uh, <laughs> are you speculating because of the story or because of what somebody has told you? Where are um, you? I think we had talked about this in a previous episode, um, and I had I the spoiler that I got was definitely about who might have killed Laura Palmer. Okay, okay, but I don't. I'm like going back in into the conversation that I had with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I heard it correctly, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they were joking. Oh, okay, because okay. it was with it was me and other comedians right. talking about how much people talk about TV shows. So I don't know if they were just like spouting something off as like a sarcastic joke because they thought I was like a fan and I would laugh at that joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, it couldn't be that person. Uh, or they were just flat out telling me. Um, but I've tried to push it from my memory as much as I can to be as, as, as impartial as I can. And so going forward, like from this point on, if I was just watching the shows the first time, which I am, but no spoilers included, I would probably say Andy. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like that narrative is still what's propelling the show forward at this point. Mm, what the, you mean based on the spoiler? Like who killed? The, who who done, killed no, no, no. Just like as oh, who watcher, killed Laura Palmer? 
is that still the like primary well, no, because propul- here's the thing. propulsive it, element? Even if the spoiler is right, even if I did get an actual spoiler, um, the things that have popped up in the episode, especially when we talk about the end of this episode, when we get to the second half, um, those that all that creates like more questions for me. Mm-hmm. So okay. like, so I'm not so like, even though I found out who did it, I do feel like the murder is very secondary to what drives the show. Which is what? Which is like the town and the oh, people that's cool. of the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the murder is mentioned once an episode just to remind people. But like I, very rarely are we like learning anything about the murderer. We're like learning things about the people of the town and who could have possibly been involved. Well, I think like what's cool about your takeaway on that is like, that's what they wanted. So like they didn't, they never wanted us to reveal who did it. They just wanted it to be about like keeping the mystery alive. And like Lynch called it the, like the goose that kept laying golden eggs and so mm-hmm. he never wanted to reveal who the killer was. He just wanted it to be about the town and the people and the mystery. And, um, and someone, I read something today where someone was like kind of joking about the SNL sketch where McLaughlin doesn't want to leave. Like they keep saying like, Leo did it. And he's like, yeah, but like, what about this? And it was like, that was Lynch. He didn't want to get. He didn't want to leave the town. He wanted to stay there. He wanted to keep the mystery alive. He wanted to get more yeah. and more into the characters, and so I think that's like a really kind of, you know, astute observation that you had. Like that's kind of what the show is. That's what they wanted. But America said no. That's not what we want. We want satisfaction, and that's yeah. where kind of the whole. That's where the show fell apart. Well, and at that point, like I mean, you were doing. I don't know. I don't have any, you know, facts on this at all. But it feels like that maybe is what set this show apart for a lot of people is that it wasn't, you know, like John, you brought up those other shows that were really popular at the time, like Falcon Crest and and, and Dallas. And I know the whole the whole point behind Dallas was who shot Jr. But I feel like every episode of those shows always had like a wrap up at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was almost the this the um what do they call that the um. Oh God! It's it's the it's a Law and Order thing. Um, oh God, I can't uh, remember the name. It's not serial, but anyway, where it's Pulp. just every show. No, no, every show has a beginning and an end. Like there's, you're not holding on for the next episode to really find out what's going on. Like, um, every show I, has. Its I know own. you. I know you mean like CSI or uh, NCIS. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Yeah. There's a term for it, and I can't freaking think of the term, and I'm going to lose my mind. Ob- obnoxious, um, unwatchable. What? What is it? <laughs> I just I can't stand those no. shows. But anyway, like, so I do think there's a lot to this show in itself that it's like where I find myself like, um, yeah, I just find myself like more interested in a lot of the other things that are going on than like who killed Laura Palmer. Because most of the people that seem to be surrounded by Laura Palmer's death are the people I really don't like watching on this show. Well, then I, my question to you is like, you seem a, a kind of a, annoyed by everyone on the show. So no, like, I'm not annoyed by everybody. Well, so then my question is what for you, what, what are you digging into? Because for me, the show is less about the like 
other characters and it's more about the primary mystery of like the murder. So you hate like you hate Bobby, you hate Don and James, you hate Joan Chen or or Josie Packard. Like what mm. part mm. of it other than like the cast of West Side Story are you into? So I keep asking myself. <laughs> <laughs> what why do you keep coming back here? Well, we have a podcast, and I feel like you know we owe it to John to keep going. <laughs> um, and um, what's keeping you here? I no, I don't know. I mean, like I, I well, obviously doing this podcast is fun, and I and it, and it gives me a reason to watch the show. Otherwise, you, I don't know when I would have ever watched it. But you would have been um, out. Would you have been out by now had we not been doing the podcast? I don't think so because it's only two seasons. I think I would have finished it. Yeah, but um, but here's the thing. I like uh, Kyle MacLachlan a whole lot. He's so good. Um, like all the characters that he's around most of the time, you know, the sheriff, Andy, Albert, when Albert comes in, Albert's great. Um, I love uh, Ed. The best. is awesome. Um, I'm kind of getting into the Hank storyline. Okay. Um, yeah, I just feel like. There's there's enough storylines and I think visually it's like fun it's like a it's a it's a it's a pleasant viewing experience. And yeah, that's what I'm like digging into is that I, I enjoy these other characters and I wanna like find out more about how they because I mean, you know, maybe it's not because I know the show didn't really get wrapped up, but you know, I'm more interested when they when they build these big casts. It's like, well, how, why are we? Why did we build a cast so big? Like, why did they build a cast so big? And how do these people tie into each other and into the main plot of the show? And maybe it never pays off, and I'll just be bummed. But like, those are the things that are interesting. Like, why do we care so much about Big Ed? And why do we care so much about you know Pete? Like, wh- what are the big tie-ins? Why are we spending time with these characters? So that, that's that's kind of what I I enjoy watching. Sure. And I think I think part of it is just like they had they had always intended that this, this town has these kind of interesting people, you know what I mean? Like that you, it's not just about like the mystery was the engine to kind of keep telling these stories of these characters that you know they're really good. Mark Frost and Lynch were really good at creating characters, um, and I, I, for me, I always got that right away from the from the pilot was like. There were these characters who you may, you maybe like were introduced to and you only spent like a minute with them, but you were like, I want to know more about. There's a woman with a log. Like, what is that? Like, they were really good <laughs> at, at at, you know, creating these people who they didn't have to show you a lot for you to be like, what is the deal with that person? I want to know more. So I I'm, think I'm when glad people, you're getting that. Yeah, I think when people say, you know, oh, I wish, I wish we'd never revealed the the killer or the mystery or i just i tend to kind of like take that with a grain of salt because i i feel like you know that that's why people are there they want to know the answer of the to the mystery so if you never reveal the answer to the mystery as you that may sound like artistic and cool like oh you know we if it was up to me we would have never revealed who Laura Paul was killer? Then, then, I mean, yeah, I, then th- everybody would just be complaining that you never did it. You that's know, it's fair. like, but but then you have this other, you know, the other side of it is like lost or something where you go, oh, you know, I, 
you know, we've got this amazing mystery that keeps everybody on the hook for six seasons. And then, okay, we're going to finally tell you what the mystery is. And it's never going to, it's never going to live up to people's expectations or sometimes it might, you know, there are shows where it does, but um, you know, when you're looking at the nineties and where television was newly moving to like a sort of serial serialistic nature where, you know, Twin Peaks was one of the few TV shows that was a murder mystery that was sort of like episode to episode as opposed to standalone, like a Hill Street Blues or something. Sure. That's what I was talking about, and I figured out what they're called. Procedurals. Procedurals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it really what they're called. They're called procedurals. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a sort of soap slash... Uh, you know, mystery procedural, but it was, it was a serial and that it kept going. Mm-hmm. And then, um, anyway, you're no, right. No, I, no, think I mean, that's... I think, but I think, but what I was going to say is like, I wonder like when there's these big shows that are kind of cultural shifts in how, in, in, in television, like, I wonder what they learned from each other because, you know, Twin Peaks, you're saying that like they built this town and their point was always to build this town and then kind of re- they wanted to, but that was going to be, you know, it might have never lived up to people's expectations or they were upset at who it was or whatever. But like then you think of a show like The Sopranos where it's like that show was extremely about the characters. It was all about the people mm-hmm. and was going to come to some kind of a, a, a tipping point, like an end, like something was going to happen to Tony and that was how the show was going to finally end. And then when it didn't give you that, like people were so <laughs> spoilers, unbelievably upset. People were so upset. Like, I think that's the two ways you go about it. Like you do what Twin Peaks did where you, or Lost did, where you give away the ending and then people either. Well, wait, wait, wait. How do you know? Off. How do you know that Twin Peaks gives away the ending? You haven't. Well, that that's the thing. Well, I would say Twin killer. Peaks. Twin Peaks has a finite thing that happens, but it like it doesn't. Yeah, you know I don't. What I mean? it's yeah, not I've watched it a million times, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know. I yeah. still don't know what's happening. Yeah, I, you without, know, John, without you know blowing the ending or anything. It's, a, it's yeah. a really great point you had about how. It sounds cool to say, like, I never wanted to end it, but, like, yeah, they wouldn't be on, like, season 25 of Twin Peaks where no one know, <laughs> no, knew. <laughs> That's a really good point. Like, Lynch gets away with going, like, oh, I, it's the, you know, like I said, he called it the goose that lays the golden eggs. No, you would not yeah. have made 25 seasons of this. You would have ended no. it at some point, but they would have probably done it more on their own terms. And, yeah, and, and in I a way, think- they they will still, and we'll get to it when we get to it, but... um. There was definitely a lot of pressure, and it is that fight between, you know, uh, artist and audience, and you know, um, I don't know who wins in this one, but um, it made for an interesting second season. There's a lot of like for me, second season gets a lot of crap, but there's a lot of really low points. But there's also, to me, some of the best things that happen in the show. Yeah, um, yeah, and agree. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into it, and. Um, so I think, you know, we'll stop here with this one and, and uh, we will come back uh, with the second half of the season premiere. Um, thank you guys Sweet. for listening. And you can follow uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, PercolatorPod. John, where can we follow you? Uh, website? You got a uh, Twitter? You got a, I, do, I, I do not. Uh, anything you're promoting I, I currently? A, I do have a Twitter, Mixtape Master. Is that M-A-S-T-A? 
Yeah, M A M A S T A. Is there anything on, that you're working but I don't on tweet that we can? At all. What about um, something we can see you in come upcoming? There are some exciting things I'm about to announce, but I can't okay. announce it yet. Well, we'll have to have you back on. So yeah, thanks for having me along, you guys. Of it course, was really yeah. Fun. You're gonna you're gonna come back for the second. He's part, gonna be right? back for the second half. Yeah. I hope. We'll be back. In, part unless two. tomorrow when he calls me, he's like, "Look, um, <laughs> that was fun, but never again." No, hopefully, yeah. John will have you on for the second half. And sure. Dallas, um, thank you for being part of your last episode of Dish and the Percolator, and it's been really fun. And I. Um, I sorry, I took my headphones out a while ago. Are you still? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. something is different yes something is different now the guitar came in I feel like I'm floating floating above a keyboard and a guitar the guitar are we falling in love Falling, falling, are we falling in love? Mmm, that's the ketchup. I like coffee, donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. 